0: Welcome to growth untold the podcast where we dive into thoughtful conversations and insightful discussions with world class people all with the aim of inspiring
1: educating and empowering our listeners. We are thrilled to have you here with us on this exciting journey to explore the diverse stories and the ideas that have the power to shape the world for the better. Welcome to growth untold the podcast.
0: Listeners, we have the pleasure of introducing a guest who has played a transformative role in the visual and audio world of entertainment. From the melodies of Mariah Carey to the legendary tunes of Prince, she has visually sculpted music videos for icons like Christina Aguilera, Sting, Mary J. Blige, and Alicia Keys. Venturing from music onto the screen, she's taken us on heartfelt journeys with films such as The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, and led us through love and basketball with Just Right. And if that wasn't enough, more recently she's woven her directorial and executive prowess into the enthralling tapestry of the hit TV series, The Wheel of Time. A visionary, a trendsetter, and an undeniable force in the entertainment industry, please welcome the incomparable Sanat Hamri to Growth Untold. All right, (laughs) Sanat, how you doing?
2: I'm good. I can't believe my name is pronounced properly. I've never heard uh, on a <laughs> podcast saying Sanat Hamri. So thank you for that.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. You that's what you get. When you get a Middle Eastern host, I know how to I've got the I've got the vowels and the different sounds, you know?
2: Alhamdulillah. <laughs>
0: alhamdulillah. Now, how is how is Alex gonna say it? I tried to teach him the Arabic way, but he just uh, he just couldn't get it.
2: <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. Okay, forgive me in advance. I
2: think it's Alhamdulillah. Hamdallah is the way. <laughs> Hamdallah.
1: I tried to say your name a few times. I was so nervous before this uh, this call. I was like, senet. <laughs> senet. Uh,
2: and... it's, it's hard because it's the ah uh, is the hemza. And that's a hard kind of um, uh, sound to make. So people in the yeah. States call me Sena, without going senet.
1: Yeah. We. I was taking a look at a couple <laughs> of uh, interviews you did in the past. And I was like, this is definitely not how to do it. And you had like the look on your face. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to correct them. Like it's that's okay.
2: <laughs> oh, totally. I, I, You know what it is, is that the essence of who I am is not defined in a name. So I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: I love that. I love yeah. that. So just for our listeners to get perspective, um, I met Sinet a couple of years ago. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with you on an episode of 911 Lone Star, which I honestly did just to get. The chance to work with you, and of course for Natasha as well, uh, because she's a good friend of mine. Uh, but that's how we met originally, and I was just thrilled that there was not only a woman, but and a, or a woman of color, but a Middle Eastern woman making her mark in Hollywood and in film and TV. So that's kind of a, a little bit of background about how we know each other. And since then, you've gone on to do. Uh, some incredible things. What are you most excited about right now?
2: Well, I'm so excited about um, the reception of season two of Wheel of Time. Um, the uh, finale just came out and people are really loving it. It's so great to, you know, have people react to your work in such a large scale way. Um, And it's not really about the large scale. It's more about reaching a lot of people because there's so many great interesting ideas in Wheel of Time that deals with spirituality, power, women having the power, the men, if they do, they go crazy. Um, So that's been very, very exciting for me. I'm right in the midst of it. Uh, It was uh, a year out of my life that... um, that took a lot of work. Uh, and I most of all super thrilled was I took the whole company to Morocco and we filmed uh mainly the last two episodes in the Sahara Desert and Warzazetz and Suera. And um, it was just my first time really like directing in Morocco. Like this whole time my career has been in, you know, all over the States. And then I started going all over the world except for Morocco. So it was lovely to. And the season there and be with my people. I had Moroccan crew. So I was speaking in Moroccan dialect. I was, you know, speaking in English. I was speaking in French. Um, so it's been really, really quite the whirlwind.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations. And yeah, that, for those of you who don't know, that's where Sinet is from, uh, you're Moroccan. And so that's always special getting to go back home and, and work there. Um, you know, that's why I was so adamant about going back to Egypt and doing a film there. So um, I, I totally understand that. And you've directed things in the past, uh, you know, about kind of that power dynamic. I mean, you were behind Empire. Um, that show as well had a lot to do with the power dynamics and all that kind of stuff. But uh before we get there, I want to take this conversation all the way back to like little sinet. how <laughs> like how how did you get into the crazy world of music videos because that's kind of where you started um, your artistic endeavors or maybe that's kind of, you know, not the start of the journey, but uh, a lot of what you did originally, How was your upbringing and how did you even get to that point? Because I I know you lived in Morocco for a little bit of time, didn't you, when you were younger?
2: Well, I'm born and raised in Tangier, Morocco. Um, And my first time going to the States was really when I went to college in New York at Sarah Lawrence. Um, I had a minority scholarship, so I was grateful and thankful I was able to continue my education. But you know, my first 18 years of my life was immersed kind of in Tangier artistic culture. Um, I was always around color. My father was a very famous Moroccan painter. You can see one of his paintings over there in the reflection. Um, And uh, my mom was always attracted to the arts and learning. So I think that really put a stamp on me from a young age. I will say this at a super, super young age. I always had a feeling that I had so much to say and that I was going to be speaking to the masses. Like I never really thought how I was just like, I had this inner kind of energy and burning towards being able to use my voice as a tool and and as a powerful tool. So I think it naturally, And thankfully, led me into the art of filmmaking, which um, I discovered after college. I studied, you know, theater, psychology, you know, the things that you do in a liberal arts school. Went to Paris. I was um, at the International School of Jacques Lecoq. I studied with Jacques Lecoq, who is this amazing comedia dell'arte and mime um, teacher that people have followed for years. He has since passed away. So I was always into kind of some form of art, but not directing, like never took a film course or anything like that. So um, when I got to, when I was in New York and I graduated from college, I didn't have the net. I didn't have the savings. Uh, Unfortunately, my family couldn't help me. So I was kind of scrounging around in New York and wound up as an assistant to um, out of necessity to the cinematographer Malik Said, and Malik Saeed needed me to answer phones at this new kind of post-production facility that he had which was kind of insane it was called Salam Inc and of course he was happy <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was Moroccan he was like of course it's called Salam Inc he was busy filming clockers, uh, that tells you how long ago this was um, for uh, Spike Lee. And um, he needed somebody to answer the phone, get his mail, bring it to set. Something simple. I was like, I need the money Uh, because, you know, New York is rough. And um, I realized I was in an office and they had the first Avid, which is the first digital editing machine where things were going from like you know, the analog to digital, I had no idea. And at that time, a friend of mine told me, uh, he said, by the way, assistant editors make $400 a day. So if you teach yourself how to use that machine, you can make that amount of money. I was like, oh my God, I'm making 300 a week. I've got to do something. I'm just sitting here. So I go through the manual of the Avid, click around, click around, click around, and eventually over a course of three months, teach myself how to edit. And lo and behold, wow. there were music video editors coming in and out. I was the tech support. I became tech support. And Malik came back from LA and he's like, who did this? I was like, oh, I did. He goes, you can't do that. You're you're not AVID certified. I said, well, I didn't even know about that. I know how to use the machine. I can edit it. And he's like, okay, well, Hype Williams is coming in with... I think it was um, either Missy or somebody like that, like it was back in the day during those music videos. And I didn't even know there was a music video industry. You see them, but you don't understand there's a whole thing around them. And um, eventually, long story short, um, eventually I started editing music videos for Hype Williams and Paul Hunter. And I was like really learning, I think, through the eye of the artists and these video directors filmmaking, how the shots are. They, I mean, they were able to hire the best DPs Harris Savitas, you know? So I was getting primo footage from the most amazing cinematographers at that time, commercial cinematography. I'm looking at the lighting, I'm getting the footage, I'm digitizing it. Um, and I'm starting to edit, making, by the way, crazy mistakes, like in the middle, like I remember one time editing a sequence. I think it was for like Rockefeller, like one of the Jay-Z um, artists. And I hit the wrong button and the thing went crazy. And I spent like all night trying to fix it, pulling the boards, the cables. And then I finally figured out had to start from scratch. So I learned the hard way. And, um, and nobody knew I was like, Oh, my God, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I, it was the Moroccan way, let me tell you. And, um, and then I became it was the craziest thing, because I I think I undersold myself, I didn't even know what the rates were that, you know, the producer called me and say we have a thousand dollars for you to edit the video. I'm like a thousand dollars. I'll do it. And I'm like spending weeks on it. No problem. So and meanwhile, the rate was like a thousand a day. So finally, I became the most popular editor. Everybody was calling me to edit their music videos. I think you didn't know why (laughs) I didn't know why it was because I was cheap, but also I was dedicated. I know I was there and I was learning and listening. And I was listening to the artists, like when Jay Z would come in and say why he liked a shot or not, I listened to why he said that. And so my filmmaking point of view, kind of the boot camp, came through working and understanding hip hop and rappers. That's where it started and how they felt about things and wanting to be the best and the top and, you know, never be like anybody else and kind of that thing that infused the mid to late 90s and early aughts, that kind of um zeitgeist influenced me as a person. Um it makes you feel like you're just like them as a woman and um really paved the way of like learning style, clothes, like all of that stuff. Like what's the hottest, what's the latest? And then of course, I meet Mariah Carey and that's where everything changed because she kind of took me on this ride. I was editing for her. Um, when she met me the first time, it was by fluke. I was re- I was filling in for an editor because Hype Williams had so many videos. I mean, he had every video. And his main editor, Harvey White, who was the great editor, was not available. And nobody, want- they were like, oh, whatever. And Hype's like, can you? Mariah likes coming in the edit. Why don't you sit with her and edit with her? And I was, I was like, okay, cool. You know, and re- remember, I'm just like a couple of years out of Morocco. I'm not a, I don't know, like what's the hit song or anything. And so when she walked in the room, she was like, are you the editor? I go, yeah. She goes, oh my God, I've never met a woman of color doing this. And she was shocked. She was like, I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, they're all white old men. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then I just, <laughs> I started- she's like, no, that's a good
0: thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's a
2: good thing. I was like, oh really? And she goes, oh my God, yeah. And she goes, and they don't know what they're doing. Like that's what she said. I was like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know this industry. And she'll say, okay, well, let's go to the song "Hero." It was my number one song, and I'm like, uh, go. I go. Can you hum it for me? Because I don't know the song. And she's like, you don't know the song? I was like, no, I've been in Morocco. And she'll start humming. I go, oh, I think I heard that one. So we developed a very uh, intense friendship and work. Um. She exposed me to everything, took me on tour, had never seen that lifestyle. Fashion, you know, this was definitely at the height of her career. And she taught me a lot about lighting. She taught me a lot about self-autonomy and filmmaking. So my background has been artists, you know?
0: Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I, I obviously didn't know, you know, a lot of this about you. But the fact that you, I mean, you did some extensive training because I know that the people that you've talked about and like, for those of you who don't know, like Comedia del Arte and Mime, that's like as theater as you can get. So I did a little bit of that in my school, but the the individual that was talking about like people go to Paris to train with him. I know he's, he's gone now, but people would go to Paris to seek out these people and train with them. So you, your training was definitely intense, But the fact that you start off as an assistant in, I don't want to say completely different field, it's not completely different, but it's something you didn't go to school for. I mean, you didn't go to school for editing. So you found something that was in the world of what you wanted to do and you committed to it, you took it seriously And it just kept leading you to these incredible places because I feel like you were open to it as well. Like you were open to the path that the universe was giving you. And you didn't shut it down. You didn't say, I'm above this. This isn't what I want to do. What the hell's going on? It seems like you had a very open, like great attitude towards this. And because of that, it just kept taking you to places. It was that a fair assessment of basically how you got into the music world.
2: It's such a great assessment. What you're saying is I believe in riding the horse in the direction it's going. Um, I really do. I I don't seek things. I just am. And I create, and I know it leads me down the right path because Mariah led me to Prince, who who was such, I mean, that was 16 years of my life. And it was such a great learning lesson. I was protected under him and was able to move in the industry in ways where I had a protector, I had a mentor, and I was learning at the same time. But then the horse took me somewhere else. It's kind of like, one of my favorite books is the alchemist clearly and um <laughs> you know i i really <laughs> i really feel like my journey is like that uh, is like that book and i listen and i'm not in resistance it's the same thing going from empire to wheel of time two different completely two different things however i knew the wheel of time was calling me and Morocco was calling me and I knew I had to do it. And to be honest with you, clearly I had never done any fantasy action. I just did the whole six seasons of Empire as an executive producer and director about a show about music industry, corruption, um, gritty, and all of the things that I kind of knew when I was in the music industry. And then with Wheel of Time, it was the opportunity of taking the skills that I so have been working on um, and the visual skills and meshing it with the dramatic skills and working with the actors. I mean, it's funny because now when I left the music in <laughs> the music video industry, went into film and television, that's when I realized, I was like, oh, that's why I did all that theater training because I can speak to actors because I am trained uh, as an actor, because I have done Alexander Technique, because I studied with Jacques Lecoq for a full year intensely with him and that, that, that time, as well as doing acrobatics and all that stuff. So for me, it all makes sense Um, when working on Wheel of Time, talking to Roseman Pike, you know, we talk a lot about breath work and, you know, there's the channeling and all that stuff. So it kind of lends itself. And then of course my eye is how do I make things look, which is the hip hop vibe in my head is how do I make it look the best? How can it be lit the best? How can the camera move, be the flyest camera move? That's how I think naturally. But then at the same time, I've got like a Roseman Pike in front of the camera and she's bringing her thing and we're kind of collaborating as kind of this um, biggest change. And it's same thing when I did, you know, which is not out 2024, but Rings of Power, it was the same thing on a different scale. And just so, you know, Tolkien is so amazing, but working with actors there, they were very fine-tuned and a lot of them don't even know about my background most people now that's the irony is like they're like oh you were a music video director I go oh yeah it was another career in a, another lifetime you <laughs> yes. know but
0: well yeah that's keep- that, that's what i i think you i think you had told me we had talked a little bit while we were on the set of 911 lone star and you had told me that you had this other life basically and you said like you worked with prince for 16 years and i was like what and I was I was shocked. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to have you on, because I think yeah. I think your story is incredible, obviously. And that is a very important lesson to take out of this of like, you just never know where life is going to take you. And, and I don't want to I don't want to. I rehash it here because we talk about it in the first episode but like it's happened to me too I mean I I wouldn't have booked Aladdin if it wasn't for me doing Jack Ryan because people you know the producers watched Jack Ryan and they were like who is that guy do we have a tape for him and then they found my tape that's how they found my tape for Aladdin so I, I do think that's that's an important lesson I don't want to I don't want to like You know, if I ask you about every little thing, we're going to be here for like five hours because you have all these incredible stories, obviously. (laughs) But I do want to get back to Prince just briefly, because obviously Mariah Carey was kind of your first kind of champion. Right. She she saw you and she was like, okay, visibly ethnic woman, like I'm going to take you and I'm going to show you this stuff and teach you. And then Prince did the same thing. But how did you even get to like, how did you get to Prince and 16 years? That's a
2: long time. It's a long time for Prince because he was notorious of turning people around every four to five years. And um, there are just like a handful of us that um, stuck around and was in his life for that long. Um, The Prince thing, he came to me. And like I said, I don't seek things. I do what I can at that time. I think there were a couple of India, Ari remember her. She's such an amazing soul artist. Um, I did a bunch of videos for her and that actually did, did well. I think we won like an NAACP image award, uh, all of that stuff. And I think he saw the videos and he was like, who is she? And that's how, um, we met and we met because were you editing still
0: or directing at this time sinet
2: i was i was directing the Re videos was me directing because (laughs) the irony was artists started asking me to direct and i was like no i like this editing thing because i kind of figured out the rates i was like i'm making good money i don't want to rock the boat (laughs) (laughs) but then the artist then mariah was like you have like because I was her editor, she's like, can you please direct this video for me? Like the person fell out, like, it'll be easy. She was like, I'll make it easy. I mean, she pretty much did most of the work to be honest with you. But So I did her video, it became number one (laughs) and all the other artists were like, Jay-Z, Jada they're like, can you do video for me? And I'm like, as long as there are good lyrics, I'll do it. Like that became my mantra, thankfully. And um, so I was already my name was out there and then the ndre thing happened and then prince reached out to me and he said and he had been kind of disappeared for a while and he's like i'm i'm thinking of coming back more into the mainstream would you like to do it with me and i was like sure why not so when we met there was like this kind of kinetic spirit kind of soul you just knew the person um very familial and um From then on I mean we did musicology we did the tour which was like the number one tour and then he just came out with a bang and you know he spent a lot of time now in hindsight I think about the time he spent talking to me because he was always worried because he saw how Hollywood was, how the music industry was. So he's always laying the playing, laying the field for me and kind of explaining how things like, watch out for this person. This is what they do. Like all of that stuff. Be aware when you hear something like what, you know, like long conversation, he put time in with me, which helped me gain confidence. I feel like a lot of confidence because remember Mina, know when you when you met me it was still not in vogue to have the Mies running around on set taking over do you see what i mean so i had been doing yeah. it for a while but always met with resistance never from actors it's unbelievable the actors i felt were always my champions even from like i did a one little episode of desperate housewife And the actors were champions for me everywhere I went. It was really the crew and um, they're just not used to it. A bunch of white guys, bless their hearts. We love them, but they don't (laughs) know what to do with somebody like me. So what I try to do is infuse the set with positive energy as well as uplifting energy and A quick energy so nobody has time to think and I know you experienced working with me I move fast and I think yeah right yeah I think think a part
0: of that too is your personality a a lot of a lot of people men and women they come in hot of like I'm gonna gain everybody's respect so I'm gonna be loud and out and and just show people that they should respect me but you have a very quiet like grounded demeanor about you and i think sometimes i think the right people see that right away like i saw that right away and respected that right away and i'm i'm kind of like that too where like i'm like yeah i've been doing this a while i know what i'm doing but like i know that i know i don't have to show off to other people and you're the same way like People that I think that's why people get surprised, like, oh, you were directing music videos for sixteen years. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man. like she knows what she's doing. Like she has more experience than eighty percent of people in in this business. So I, I think it's a personality thing as well. But again, like we're not going to change for other people. You know, you're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. and and uh, let me just let me just do the work. Let me do this work and do this well
1: yeah and
2: right
1: and when yeah yeah Uh, and this uh you guys are raising good points it leads to like an interesting question and sorry for going all over the place here and going back to your childhood and growing up but I feel like even just observing the conversation that's happening right now and you talking about your creative experiences and growing up with your dad in Morocco and him being a painter and growing up with these vibrant colors uh and just being in that environment how is that How has that helped you with just your confidence in in every room and every situation that you're in? It just seems like every experience that you've had, you seize the opportunity right away. Like you just had this quiet swagger about you. It seems like you come (laughs) come across that way on this call too.
2: I thank you. I think it's, it's called 10,000 hours. The tipping point, it takes time and practice. The whole point is to make things look effortlessly. When you see Prince in concert and he's, with the guitar and we have the lighting going everything. It looks like he just showed up and started playing a solo. Let me tell you how many hours we would rehearse hours. It takes hard work and dedication. And when you do that, then you can move through space effortlessly. Um, I think about my dad and bringing him up. And I don't think I ever said this actually uh, in the press or on a podcast, but my father couldn't read or write my father was illiterate, he could paint. And he was very well known as a painter and even posthumously. But one thing that I learned from, because I would have to read the articles for him um, because he didn't know. He goes, there's an article about me, can you read it? It would be like in Arabic, it could be like in English. One time it was in German and he had, he could understand and speak different languages. And I was like, I can't read this, it's in German. He's like, what do they teach you in school for God's sake? So he's like, read, I'll help you. And I'm like trying to get through. And he goes, oh yeah, that's that word. So <laughs> what I think that taught me is- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you guys, this these school systems are terrible. Um <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm like, that's a I different
0: have- that's a different podcast, but they are. That's a different <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. But um I learned from my dad that you could do anything, even if you're different. And I think that like I saw a man who couldn't read or write and have to function, and it wasn't easy but his art, but his craft was in his art and he saw the world different. And I embrace people who are different. And that's the other thing growing up and always feeling different. You know, you feel other when you have that thing in you. And I'm sure, Mina, you feel the same Is like, I always felt like hashtag other. And I, at the time growing up in Morocco, it was a different time and Morocco's pretty progressive, but you know, women didn't drive women didn't do a lot of things. I had no, like other than my mother, no female kind of, oh, there's, there's a female uh, firefight. There's none of that. So I just knew I had to make a change and the confidence comes from the peace within oneself. And, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to help others and not let anybody else feel left out or excluded. That's something I'm very sensitive to, I think, because I felt very different and other growing up and I wouldn't want anybody to feel that way. So I always try to make people feel included and heard. I mean, those are the things, I mean, that's part of being a director filmmaker. I mean, I, I am the leader, but you don't, and what you were saying, Mina, it's like you can be a benevolent leader and you can be a leader, a mentor and a guide Um, and be always honest because sometimes, you know, and you know how actors are, there could be something that they're not getting. And then I have to just not beat around the bush, not be hurtful and just say, well, it's because of this. And they, Oh, I see. And yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm your therapist slash teacher for life. Like once I direct you, Mina, I will always be that for you, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, it also helps that you, you trained as an act, act, you know, as an actor, like you said, and I know Alex has felt that way too. I mean, I grew up with Alex, so I've known him since we were seven or eight years old. Um, And we were two of the very few visibly ethnic people growing up in our schools. We grew up in Canada, but we grew up in a very um, Caucasian environment. It's changed now in city. Right. Um, It's changed now, but it, but it, definitely didn't used to be that way and i guess the interesting thing about prince is you know he was he was visibly ethnic too i mean he was a minority too you know like you um and you spent 16 years with him and then what happened did you did you stick around in the music industry or did you venture off yeah
2: that's a great question so 16 years but i would i had out of the last five years or seven years, I was not working in the music industry. We just were colleagues and I would see him all the time. You know, I stopped, like he would try to get me to direct things for him and I wouldn't, you know, I was doing like a movie or, you know, a TV show. So it, I had transitioned. He was part of me transitioning into film and television. He was very happy about that. So, you know, that that was you know, how that happened, because my first movie was in 2006. And, um, and once I got the taste of the first movie, I kind of was slowly unraveling myself, um, from the music video world. You know, I wound up doing Nicki Minaj's super bass because they wanted to, at the time, cross over into like more pop, but still maintain the hip hopness. So, um, that was an interesting experience because what she was asking for, for the Super Bass video, I said, I felt there were other directors who did that better, like Hype Williams or Chris Robinson. I was like, that's more their style. She's like, I want pink. I want ice. I want this. I want that vibe. And I'm like, why don't you go to Hype or one of those guys? She could, and Nikki says to me, I want to see what Senna does with it. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> And then that was one of her biggest music videos. Um, so she saw she saw what was in me before I saw it. To tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that seems to be a pat. That seems to be a pattern with uh, the artists you worked with. You said that. Your first movie, once you got a taste, that was it. And I obviously know that feeling, right? I felt it over and over again. I felt it like in elementary school when I did Peter Pan. I felt, you know, I felt it over and over again. But every artist kind of has a different explanation of what that feeling is. What was it about that first experience where you were like, all right, I did music videos for a while, but like film and TV, this is what I want to pursue next.
2: I think you can really give great messaging and great character and make the masses and the audience think a lot more in a longer format. I felt like at that point, music videos were too short of a format to be able to speak and say what I wanted to say, whether it was about society or about, um, you know, love relationships or any kind of subject. So it was a natural progression. I was like, yes, yes. I have a lot more time. And then at, when I started doing series, I was like, oh, now you really have a lot more time, like doing empire, you know, over a hundred episodes. I mean, that's a lot and a lot, a lot to say. So I love the space of long format. Um, I never say never. I sure I could possibly do music video, but um, I just love being able to engage with audiences and put out ideas that uplifts the universe and uplifts people, you can entertain and have fun. But at the same time, you're planting seeds for the future because that's all you can do. I mean, I I feel very responsible as a um, person in Hollywood uh, in terms of content. Uh, so I, I want my work to to resonate that way and not be in vain, because clearly I could jump on anything if I wanted to but it's like what's the point what's the purpose what am I saying those that's how I choose a project I read it I go am I is this saying anything no then it's not for me it could be fun I could watch it on my downtime but for me with my name and my brand I always think I came all the way from Morocco and all the things I went through to get here like I have to honor that
0: yeah this is going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a hard question for you to answer because of your personality and the way that you view things which is like like again you don't seek opportunities you kind of just take what's given and you run with it you've done you've been in the music world and now you're in Hollywood in the Hollywood world more and more where do you think there's more like blocks in? And I'm talking about the system. I'm not talking about like certain individuals. None of that. I'm talking about the system. Are there more kind of blocks in the music world or, or Hollywood for like aspiring artists and for visibly ethnic people, whether they want to be crew or you know behind the camera in front of the camera? Where do you think there's more blocks?
2: <laughs> well for starters, the blocks start from within. If you have blocks within yourself and you limit the way you think because of how you grew up, which I know I had to work through, those blocks basically just manifest wherever you go, wherever you go, there you are. That I know for sure. Um, I'm not saying the music if you talk to other people they say oh my god the music industry is extremely difficult to break through um hollywood is like all of these kind of thoughts on things i don't think that way that's why it's easy for me to answer this question because it starts from within self you have to picture what you're looking for and you have to know you have to put in the work what i find for young people and i love my young people and i love my um gen zers and millennials and and all of that i because you guys understand me more and but one thing that i noticed is that, that nobody correlates that in order to get somewhere you have to put in the work it requ- requires rigorous discipline on a day-to-day basis um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not, there's this kind of thing. And I know it's that TikTok element and you're seeing these memes and TikToks. Oh my God, this person is making $5,000 a day and they only did this. You can too. Like that type <laughs> of um, get get rich, get famous, uh, quick schemes. Um, it's all good. I mean, if if that happens to you, I'm happy for you. I just think that People have lost the sight of the work. Um, Hollywood is Hollywood. You meet people. I've had the, the most incredible support at places, and sometimes not in the places I didn't even think I would, you know, I thought I, it, I would be fine with. You know, I've had lots of love a lot of times. And then you find out where you don't have the love. And then you go, oh, and it, it just depends on the person. People bring with themselves their kind of issues and you'll find it anywhere you go. Corporations are tricky and it's the same. People also forget it's called show business, not show friends. We're not here to make (laughs) friends, we're colleagues, we're in a business. There's a a lot of money riding on this. Like, you know, if uh, Amazon, which they have entrusted me with the, the wheel of time and that type of budget, they know I am, reliable and to be trusted. Um, yeah, That is, that's part of it. It's like working, you're, you are working for a company. And the other thing I'm going to say real quick is that if you want to have it your way, then you get the money and you pay for it and do it how you want. And that's something that Prince taught me. If you don't do it your way and you don't get your own money, then you have other people and if you start fighting with them, then that's a problem. Then you're never going to be in the right. Um, yes. I don't mind working with people and collaborating. And and if I feel like I'm not on the right kind of wavelength with something, then I just don't do the gig. Because, you know, I'm not spending $100 million of my money. They are. So you have to be respectful.
0: <laughs> yeah, show me the money funny jerry yeah it's um it's definitely something we've talked about before on this podcast and something that i've struggled with the last few years is you can take things so personally in this industry but when you take a step back and look at it you realize that it's really no different than any other industry like a lot of this talk recently has been about nepotism right look at all these hollywood mm. stars and their kids and whatever and blah 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 i'm like yeah it's the same if you're a lawyer though and your son becomes a lawyer you're going to pass them down the family firm you're going to make them a partner you're going to do all these things it's it's not it's not ever I'm finding that it's not really ever specific to Hollywood. It's just that Hollywood is what gets the clicks. It's what gets the views. It's the industry that people love to hate. But when you really take a step back and you look at it, it really functions like most other businesses in this world. Um, It's really no different. But the difference is... No one's talk. No one. It's it, it's not fun to talk about the lawyer who hired his son to take over his firm. It's not fun to talk about the doctor who passes on his family practice to his daughter. Like that's not fun. So we don't ever talk about it. But when you really think about it, it really runs the same way any other business does. I think because it's so personal to so many artists out there, including myself, and like I I spent years doing this. You just end up taking it so personally, and then, like you said, Sinet, if if it comes from within, and those obstacles are in your mind. And again, I've gone through this, so I, I'm not like saying this to be preachy or like I'm above everyone else. I've literally lived okay. through this, but my mentality has been in the past of like, oh, I'm not succeeding because of X. I'm not succeeding because of Y, and X and Y are oh always external, then those things are going to manifest themselves into your life. They really are going to become obstacles. But if you have that mentality of like, it doesn't matter what the obstacles are, I'm going to find a way. I know I can do this. I believe in myself. Then it's going to be a lot like what you described. You're going to attract these opportunities to your life. And it might not be exactly the path that you thought, but it's gonna come to you. it's it's gonna grow and bloom in your life,
2: yeah. I mean, that's so, so well said, Mina. Like everything is from within, and your experience of life is your perspective, obviously. I, it's not it has not been easy. Let me tell you. I have been in rooms where I've been dismissed. I have been treated a certain way. I just don't dwell on it, and I keep moving forward because I know, where my vision and path wants to be. And I'm not gonna let those people snag me. I mean, I've sat in rooms where I see how heads of departments, crews, speak to a male director versus how they speak to me and how kind of like the respect that the male director gets. I I would see it all the time. And around people that I know. And so instead of focusing on that, I just focus on, okay, how can I do this better? It actually challenged me to be even better. So it's it's like, I'll know all the technical lenses and everything that most directors won't know, but I just do it just to know. <laughs> and also um, it just helps keep the set under control. And like I said, like people, I know there's this whole speak about nepotism And it's, it's, I call that being a hater, like stop hating. I like people doing well. If they want their children to do well, then they're good people. That's what you do for your children and your family. That's what I know in Morocco, the family unit is so tight. So if you're helping your child, of course, you're going to help your child. I find that a very American thing, this whole thing about that, because, you know, they're used to not having that tight knit loyalty to their family which we have and i admire people who who do do that like you know people are going to hate me for saying it but i think the kardashians that family unit i love seeing going to places i was in london and i saw kylie had this huge thing at harrods and you know what i don't even know them and i looked at it and i said good for her good for her why aren't we happy about women making money and doing well. I don't care how, as long as they're happy. But I mean, to me, that's like amazing. So I'm not a hater. And I think that makes a whole difference how like your life is. You know, I I, I also feel for actors and I must say this because it's so unpredictable where the work is gonna go. And I've had those conversations with actors and I always say that the universe is not gonna let you down. There will be the right thing. But you want the right thing. And sometimes the path to the right thing doesn't seem obvious. And that goes back to why I brought up the book, The Alchemist, because it's about the journey. And um, and I know I'm here too to remind people of that as well. I'm not saying I don't wake up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, the human existence is so complex, but I am steadfast in knowing that. You have the answers within and things will turn out all right. If you believe that.
0: Yeah. And I think you've got to believe for long enough. That's the thing too. I see so many people around me and again, you know, something that I struggle with of like time is such a human thing that Mm -hmm. we set timelines and deadlines of like, I want to be an actor and I've got to succeed in five years like it doesn't work that way sometimes you have to wait till you're 50 sometimes you have to wait till you're 70 like Morgan I read something recently where it was like Morgan Freeman didn't actually like get his acting career going till he was like in his 50s or something it was crazy it was something crazy like that or like the the example I always use of Christoph Waltz the man like he was a working actor in Austria and Germany, but he came to America like in his fifties and won two Oscars back to back, but he was in his fifties. And so sometimes, sometimes you just got to wait. And it's, it's true. It's like, you just put in the work, you take joy in the process, you you find the joy in whatever it is that you're doing and life will, will open up more opportunities for you. Um, I, uh, I'm interested to know uh, what it is, are you working towards anything in particular, or does it go back to your mantra of like, you're just going through life, living this journey and wherever life takes you is a pleasant surprise or, or, or do you have a definition of success? Do you have, do you have a goal that you're working towards?
2: (laughs) So speaking of quote unquote deadlines and time, time is a trick and I don't believe in deadlines um, to begin with. Um, In terms of goals, when one says goals, it has an end mark. I don't have an end mark uh, for me. I feel like my career just is now restarting because now I've entered a different um, genre and space into the fantasy, high drama, high action world. So um, I'm kind of new as a filmmaker. Um, and people are just discovering me, Um, where I'm going to meet success is having a peaceful mind is success to me. Of course, it's not 24-7, but if your baseline in your mind is at peace, I do everything to work towards that and being in the flow so that the creativity comes out. To me, that's being successful. I'll look at my week and go, you know what? This was a really great week. I was not looking at my bank account. I was looking at my level of peace and interaction with people in exchange. That to me is successful in the now. The future will come, you know? By the way, the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. We know that, that's why time is a trick and the only moment that exists is right now. So let's just plant great seeds now. You and I planted great seeds together on the set when we met a couple of years ago, right? This is one of the yep. seeds sprouting. So I, we didn't know that you'd have an amazing podcast. Well, the universe did and here we are right now. So that's how I view life. Like it is. it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And how can you have kindness towards one another and help towards one another? To me, that's what success is about.
0: And what are some of the tools that you use to come to that piece? One, I know because <laughs> we've uh-huh. crossed paths in the boxing gym. Um, uh-huh. And, and I know you love boxing, but so what, yeah. that's obviously a tool you use. Anything else?
2: Okay. So I, boxing is the very main tool. Um, Shout out to the plant-based boxer in LA, um, who's my trainer and Mina's trainer. And I love him. Um, It's just, it's a mind, it's a martial art and it's about your mind and being quick. And, and there's, you can't think about anything when you're boxing, because the minute you start thinking about something else, you will wind up making a bad move and you could get hit. So it's like one of those things, it's not about the violent sport, it's about the meditative sport in action. So I do boxing. I also undergo a lot of hot and cold therapy. I do infrared sauna. I do cryotherapy. I take care of my body and mind um, a lot. I spend a lot of time when I'm not, and even when I'm prepping and, and obviously directing, I feel like I'm an athlete and I have to approach my life like an athlete when one is on set on these long, big shows and you're traveling all over the world and you're leading like the crews, like your army. And I'm the general, I have to be in perfect shape. My mind has to be clear and I have to have the physical stamina to direct and run around in extra cold environments up all night in the desert in the middle of a sandstorm. So I approach my filmmaking, which is a creative sport, like an athlete. So I'll do, I do everything around that. Um, you know, that's like my, my day it's like boxing, infrared cryo, you know, then I have meetings. If it's, you know, it's one of those things for me.
1: It sounds like a real busy day.
2: (laughs) It is an exhausting by the end of the day. I'm like, why am I so tired? And when I tell my (laughs) friends, like, Senna, you were like, boxing like a lunatic all morning <laughs> I'm like but when when I don't I'm like so energetic like today I've been in yeah. you know doing all this press stuff I mean I have I'm not going to be done until later tonight and I and I feel great but I think it's important to keep and that's what I tell actors I I, I, I you know not just actors but when when we're we, when we're not on a project move through space as if so train you don't have a project spend a lot more time training and doing the things that you didn't have time for the minute you do that you're calibrating your body and your mind for the next thing and every time i've done that the next thing comes in
1: wow that was prophetic (laughs) um i feel like we we got to wrap up here soon we want to be cognizant of your time but just one last question maybe to round this up is the whole podcast purpose of growth and told is to uplift diverse voices, lift people across the world. Wondering if, you know, you've obviously dropped many amazing nuggets throughout this entire podcast. I'm going to have to relisten a few times. Cause it was, uh, it was a lot of good stuff. Uh, so Alex now,
0: loves the nuggets by the way. He's always it. talking about the nuggets. He loves the nuggets. <laughs> Every
1: podcast. I always talk about the nuggets. We're going to do uh, <laughs> yes. a McNug- McNuggets sponsorship, but, um, is there, I was just wondering, like, is there any advice that you have for people who are, you know, trying to to break in um, into the industry, you know, people who are ethnically diverse? I know you talked about putting in the work, not setting goals, maybe setting habits, because habits aren't time bound. Is there any other pieces of advice that you have for for folks that are aspiring for a career similar to yours?
2: I feel like it's best to focus on your own kind of ideas and thoughts and less on comparison. I think compare, comparing yourself with another person's path is detrimental to yours. Um, the The way, I don't have the answers to life, but I know just going through my journey and continuing it, I can see there's an intricate design. It's like a tapestry. For your benefit if you go with the flow of that tapestry, but you can't compare your tapestry to somebody else's and go, oh, why do they have all this kind of this and I don't have that? Well, you don't know what's going to come. So I, I say to young people, don't compare yourselves with others as well as hard work is important. Body and mind connection is really key. It just is. You have to be healthy. That will help your mind be healthy and taking care of yourself for clarity. I think there's a disconnect, like it's something that, that doesn't have anything to do with the other, but it completely does. Um, And reach out to people and study. I mean, I feel like we, they, everybody now has all the tools, the AI, the chat GPT, they have everything at their feet. It's fantastic. Like I'm so excited for the future. The technology, everything's so helpful to me because I remember when it wasn't helpful, I'm like, wow, like I can do this. Like this whole thing with the mic, I was excited. It made my day. I was like, look at this. We're going to have high quality sound and one little thing. So it's called the beginner's mind is like, I feel like another one last thing that I have to say to the youth is your mind, don't feed it junk food. And you have to be careful with how you use social media and the internet you can use it for good or it will harm you so i think that's something you know your mind is like a filing cabinet and just think with your heart and i i know that that type of advice is not like specific like go here go there i mean it's just i just don't think life works that way
0: comparison is the thief of all joy that was something that um, I clung on to for a while because it was robbing me of my joy. So that's definitely that's definitely true. Uh, Sinet, thank you so much. I'm just thrilled on a personal level that I got to learn more about you. Uh, You know, so many times we we work together, but the industry moves so fast and sets move so fast, you don't really have time to like sit down with people and actually get to know them. And I know this is just scratching the surface. um, But I think you've enlightened people listening with, with who you are, your journey, but things that people can take away. And like you said, it's not about comparison. No one's going to be able to match your journey, but what I have really taken away that I, you know, absolutely adore about your journey is that you've really made the most out of every opportunity that was given to you and you didn't push it away because it didn't fit the mold of what you thought or it wasn't exactly what you trained in you kind of just you you accepted these beautiful opportunities and you made the most of them and looking like from the outside into your career it, it's such a Great example of like everything working out because you started in editing and you were editing these music videos, which eventually led you to directing music videos, which later on in life, you like you said, directed and executive produced over 100 episodes of Empire, which which was about the music industry. So I'm sure executive (laughs) producing it obviously was essential because you brought all that knowledge but you also directed it i mean everything just makes sense when you look at it when you when you take a step back and you look at it you're like wow this makes so much sense but when you're in it i'm sure a lot of stuff didn't make sense but you just took those opportunities and you (laughs) ran with them so um it's it was amazing hearing about all that and listening to that um tell people where they can watch wheel of time and uh, anything else that you want to tell the people about your work.
2: Thank you, by the way, for all those kind words. I'm so humbled by it. Um, well, Wheel of Time Season 2 is on Prime Video. You can watch all the episodes right now. So exciting. The other thing I'm excited about that's coming out actually in a couple of weeks, um, but it's out now. But my episode that I directed, the finale of Gen V, which is the spin-off of the boys, which is a fantastic, young, superhero, gritty, fun show uh, as well on um, Prime Video, Amazon Prime. God, they're doing such great stuff. And then last but not least next year, 2024, Rings of power season two, um, is going to be coming out and I'm part of that directing group. So I'm so excited for that as well. Lots of good stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep, keep on uplifting and growing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Sunette for, uh, coming on growth untold the podcast. And, uh, we look forward to seeing more and more of your work. I know that, a certain world is just getting to know about you now. And I, I think they're going to be seeing and hearing a lot more about you. So thank you for coming on the pod.
2: <laughs> thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe, share and join the journey of growth untold. Don't miss a single nugget. Hit that follow button now on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and Instagram.